So last time we left off, we spoke about some of the Hagdama, some of the introduction to Shehiyah, the Isra of Shehiyah. We mentioned the Machlokis, Hanani and the Rabbanin, as to how raw or how cooked a food has to be in order to no longer have the problem of Shehiyah, the concern of Shem Yechata Begechalim. And we said that the Chachamim were of the opinion that it has to be mavushal kol tzarko, it has to be fully cooked, umetztamek viralo, and having it on the fire any longer or intensifying the heat would only be detrimental. Only then would you be allowed to leave it directly on the fire and there'd be no need for garfakotim, no need for a blech. The sheet of Hananiah was that as long as it's kamachal ben derusoy, as long as it's barely edible, and we said that was a machlokas Rashi in the Rambam as to what exactly is that geder. The Rambam held it was chatzi bishol, half cooked, and Rashi held it was a third cooked. Generally, we try to be machmer like the Rambam and assume that unless it's half cooked, there would be a problem with Shem Yechata But Hananya held that once it was kamachal ben drusoy, it was edible, there's no need for garfakotam, you could have the food directly on the fire with no blech. So how do we paskin on that machlokus? We said it's actually a debate between the Rishonim, the Rif and the Rambam paskin like the Chachamim, that it has to be fully cooked, otherwise there's going to be Shem Yechata Begechalim. And Tosus and Rashi paskin like uh, Chananya. And we see that as well carried over in the Poskim, the Mechaber. Not surprisingly, paskins like the Rif and the Rambam, like the Shita of the Chachamim, it has to be fully cooked in order not to need uh, blech. And uh, the Ramah paskins lakula, like the sheet of Tosfos, which is the opinion of Hanania, that as long as it's edible, there would be no need for a blech. <clears throat> I wanted to, to jump into a case we mentioned last time. Right, a few exceptions here to the rule of Shehiyah. One is the Gemara and Daf Yud Chesam right? The, the main sugya starts from Daf Lamad Vavma base, but there is the two blot earlier on in the Masechla that get involved with the same concern of Shem Yechata B'Gechalim, and there the Gemara says that Kedera Chaisa, if you have a totally raw piece of food that takes a long time to cook, then Shari Lanuchal Erev Shabbos Ad Im Chashecha, you're allowed to place it onto a heat source right before dark, even inside of a tander. My taima, what's the reason, says the Gemara, kivin the lochazi orta, because it's not going to be ready that evening, meaning to say, even if you were to stoke the coals, or in the modern application, even if you were to turn up the flame, it still wouldn't be done by tonight's meal, it's only going to be ready tomorrow, and therefore there's no point of doing anything to expedite the cooking. So then there's no iser of shem yechadu you're Masiach Das, you're not thinking about it anymore. So the question is, practically speaking, when, if ever, can we apply the heter of Kedei Rechaisel? <clears throat> so, the, uh, the Chazanish tells us as follows. He says, the truth is, to really do Kedera Chaisa in the right way, it's, it's, fairly, uh, it's fairly rare. No pun intended, right? It's very rare. 
because it has to be that the food has not started to cook at all. Right? So it hasn't started to cook at all. And it's not going to get anywhere close to done until the next day. So, for example, if you were to put food, your cholet, into the crock pot 45 minutes before Shabbos, even if you turn the crock pot on high, it's definitely not going to be kamachal ben drusoy by the time Shabbos starts. It's not going to be half cooked. It's not even going to be a third cooked. So could you therefore say, it's mutter because kadeira chaisa. The Chazanish would say, no, you can't use the heter of kadeira chaisa because it's not raw. Once the food gets to Yad So Lettuce, which doesn't take that long, depending on you know, how big the crock pot is and how much heat is being generated, but once it gets to Yad So Lettuce, explains the Chazanish, that's considered the Techilas Bishel. That's the beginning of the cooking process, in which case, even if theoretically there's no way this Cholan will be done by tonight, the Heter of Kedei no longer applies. Chazal gave a very particular gedder of when and where you could be makel with Kedei and it's only if it's totally raw, it has not yet started to cook from Shkia, from the onset of Shabbos, and it will not be ready for the Friday night meal. Only if you have all of those three factors together, then you could utilize the Heter of Kedei However, if you think about it, if you were to literally put the beans and the barley and the water and the meat in the choland 10 minutes before shkia, you're running a little bit late, you know, you didn't quite get the 18 minutes, but you're about to light candles, or maybe your wife already lit candles and you haven't been Makabal Shabbos yet. If I put it in 10 minutes before shkia, will the food even start to cook before shkia? The answer is no. If the definition of Tehillah's Bishel, according to the Chazanish, is that the food is Yad So Lettuce, in 10 minutes that Cholot's not getting Yad So Lettuce. So in that case, you would have the Heter of Kedere Chaisa. And which means there's no need for a Blech, there's no need for tinfoil. You could use the regular crock pot as is. That would be the case of Kedere Chaisa. Where again, you have all three factors. It's totally raw, there's no Tehillah's Bishel. It's not going to be finished until the evening, and therefore, there's no reason to try to expedite the cooking your Masiach Das from it. <clears throat> there was a sheet of Rav Hankin. Rav Hankin was really the Gadol Hador in America before Ramosha. And uh, he writes that the Heter of Kedai Rechaisa Medina Zoo, meaning nowadays in America, he no longer felt comfortable using it bechlal, and he gave two reasons. The first reason, he says, is because The Gemara's expression is, if you put something on the heat source, right before dark, so then it's totally raw, and potentially you have this heter. Explained Rav Henkin, again, no pun intended, but you're playing with fire. Right, you can't put it on too early because then it might start to cook. In which case, you don't have the hetter of kederachaisa. But then, if you start waiting and playing games, I'm going to do it just a few minutes before shkia. As it is said, Rav Hankin, people are not so careful, and sometimes you are running a little bit later than you think you are. 
So that was one reason why he was not a fan of giving this head to Halacha Lemaisa. What if you use frozen meat? Frozen meat? Which means yeah. it would take longer to become Yad to lettuce. And then you could put it in a little bit earlier and still not worry. <clears throat> Interesting question. It, it definitely sounds like that would uh, alleviate Hankin's first problem. Let's hear a second problem, though. He says the second issue would be that im yekarev oso eitzel ha'esh yavor bechilul Shabbos diraisa. So we're, we were talking about a crockpot, but think for a moment of a classic blech. Let's say you're you're putting up a cholent, not in a crockpot, but on the blech that's on your stove. Sir Hankin said, I have the following concern: not every Jewish home do we have. Bikiyim and Hilchah Shabbos. There's a lot of technicalities out there, and we're not familiar with all of the details. If we give people the heter, go ahead, take the raw food, and place it on the heat source, even if we could figure out what that means. But let's say 20 minutes later, an hour and a half later, where it's still far from Mavushal Koltzarko, you're walking in the kitchen, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I'd like to have it a little bit closer to the fire. On the blech itself, you have, let's say, one burner that's on. It starts off a foot and a half away, definitely the place that's Yatza lettuce, but I want to push it to an area that's hotter, so hopefully it should be better for the cooking process. I was just in violation of Chilul Shabbos Medir Isa. By bringing that food that was not fully cooked closer to the real heat source, that's Bishul Diraisa. It's Mamahir Bishulo. So Rav Hankin said, based on those two reasons, he doesn't really feel comfortable giving the heter. However, there were definitely other poskim who said, if you have all the conditions, uh, then it could work out okay. And I think really the only practical case where we would utilize Kedere potentially is in the case of a crockpot. You put in the food 10 minutes, even 20 minutes before Shkia, Assuming it's not going to get Yad so lettuce, then you could be Mekel, and there would be no need for a Blech. Any questions or observations on the Kadeh Rechaisa discussion? How does it work with early Shabbos? Do we still wait until Shkia, or does it go when we accept Shabbos upon ourselves? Good question. So, generally, we go with Shkia. The question is over here. Do we say... By the time it gets to Shkia, it's already going to be Yad So Lettuce. So that's Techilas Bishulo. And I accepted Shabbos an hour beforehand. When I accepted Shabbos... Have to double-check that. Have to double-check that. Ich weiß nicht. Okay. Weiter. <clears throat> Shaila's like this. <clears throat> Let's say somebody did Shahiyah. All of this conversation about what's allowed, what's not allowed. Let's say I just made a mistake and I did something that was clearly usser. I wasn't thinking through everything, didn't have time to line the crock pot with tin foil. So uh, I just put the cholin on there an hour before Shabbos. It was definitely Yadza lettuce by the time Shabbos came in. And uh, yet it was not Kemaichel ben Drusoy. So there's no heter in the world question is, what do I do now? 
Now I'm standing there. Shabbos came in 45 minutes ago. I have two options. Option number one is I quickly take that pot out of the, uh, the heat source. I take the insert out of the crock pot. Option number two is I leave it where it is and I say 30 Hail Marys. So option one or option two, what makes more sense? <clears throat> so I think most of us would have assumed, uh, at least I would have assumed, option number two. Leave it where it is. Because it's true, I, I made a mistake, I spaced out, I, I didn't think it through well enough. But taking out that food, that food is muktzah. If it's not yet edible, that means it's muktzah. How am I allowed to be metal to mukta? I made a mistake previously, but I can't rectify what I did before Shabbos by now moving a mukta item. However, the Chazanish says the exact opposite. The Chazanish writes that if you remember right here and now that you were in violation of Shahia, then immediately you should take out the pot, remove it from the heat source, even though you are in violation of moving mukta. What was the Hezbir of the Chazanish? What was the basic understanding? So he held that every second that pot is on the fire, so there's a Shem Yechata B'Gecholim taking place. In a sense, I'm passively over the Isser De Rabbanin every moment. And therefore, he paskin, it's better to be proactive and transgress the Isser De Rabbanin of being Matal Tal than to continue every second being over another Issa Durabanan, even though it would be passive. That was the Chiddush of the Chazanish. <clears throat> this actually gets into a Gemara and Shabbos and Dafdalid. We have the discussion where if you see somebody place a dough into an oven and then he walks away. He was in a rebellious mood, and he thought to himself, you know what, I want to do one of the Lama Tes Malachos this Shabbos. And now you have the option, you could take away the dough, and you could save him from, uh, from being over an Isidir Isa. Take it away before it begins to bake. If you leave it there, that's a Fiyadir Isa. If you take it out, are you doing any Isidir Isa? None whatsoever. But you are doing an Isidir Abundant, you're being Matal Thomaktsa. The dough itself is mukta. So should I do an iser kal? Can I do a small iser to save somebody else from a larger iser? That's the discussion in the Gemara and Shabbos. So the Gemara says, we do not say, That's not a hashkafa satora. Unfortunately, he did something wrong, but if the only way for you to save him from doing the, uh, the greater sin is by doing something yourself that's wrong, even though it's not as wrong, the Ashkafa Satora is not to do it. I remember saying there's a, a tshuva of the Minchas Asher that quotes this Gemara and has an interesting discussion, many halachalamaisa ramifications. He has the case of someone who goes on a Hatzalah call and he's the first one on the scene. And he gets there in Bar Hashem, it's really not that big of a deal, there's no need for backup, but he knows from hearing on the radio that there are other people about to jump into their Hatzalah ambulances and leave wherever they are to come to the scene. So should he call them and say, no need to come, Baruch Hashem, everything's okay? It's a good question. On one hand, 
he's saving them from an Issa Deraisa of driving on Shabbos. They don't have to be Mechal Shabbos. On the other hand, maybe we would tell him, don't do even an Issa Kal of talking on the walkie-talkie to save them from an Issa Chamur. That could be a Sunday morning shear. There's a lot to discuss there. But in this case, though, what's that? It's a good question. I don't recall him discussing how to move it. It sounds like from the piece he was just saying to move it directly. I'm not sure practically how you would do a tiltamanatzad. That would be difficult and probably somewhat dangerous, you know. But uh, I don't recall him discussing that. But let's say, though, that you don't realize that you left it on there in an Isser way, that you were in violation of Shehiyah until it's already cooked. So you're no longer over the violation of Shem Yechat every moment. It's now Shabbos day, and we're about to enjoy the Cholent. And right before you dig in, your teenage boy tells you how he placed the meat and the potatoes and the beans in the Cholent. And you start losing it. I told you 14 times, this is the way you're supposed to do it. Why didn't you listen? But he didn't listen because he's a teenage boy. So now you have the Shiloh. Am I allowed to benefit from this Cholent on Shabbos? Is there going to be an Isser Bidiyevid? <clears throat> so we know when it comes to Bishal itself, this is actually a three-way machlokus we find in the Mishnah between Rabbi Yochanan Hasanla, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rameir. And the main two shittas that are quoted um, are Rabbi Yehuda and Rameir. Rabbi Yehuda paskins that if you cook something on Shabbos, you take a raw piece of meat and you place it directly onto the barbecue, if you do so, bemazed, then it's going to be usher for you forever. And for other people, it'll be usher on Shabbos, but it'll be mutter after Shabbos. That's the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir was one notch more lenient. He held that if you do it on purpose, it's bemazed, so then it's going to be usher for you and everybody else until Motzei Shabbos, but then it's going to be mutter even for you. And if you do a Peshogeg, it'll be mutter right away. So just to get clarity here, the mazed of Rebbe Meir is the same as the shogeg of Rebbe Yehuda. And the Shulchan Aruch Paskins like Rebbe Yehuda, that you doing it on purpose is going to be usher to you forever, it's going to be usher to others until Moses Shabbos. If you do a shogeg, it's going to be usher to both you and others until Moses Shabbos. The gra happens to Paskin like Rebbe Meir, which is more mekel. He says that if it's shogeg, everyone can benefit from it on Shabbos itself. So, but that's all the question regarding real Bishel. Can I derive Hana from a real Misa Bishel? When it comes to Shehiyah, we're going to have the exact same halacha regarding Chazorah and Hadmana. Would you assume we'd be more Mekel post facto or more Machmir? What do you say, Mr. Abraham? What would your assumption be? More Mekel or more Machmir when it comes to Shehiyah, Chazorah, and Hadmana? You're muted. <laughs> I had one of the kids in high school today. I was asking them questions. And uh, as I asked him a question, I, I see his screen that he mutes it. 
<laughs> and he's trying to show me, you know, using hand motions. <laughs> it's a good maneuver. You can't do that in class. It only works on Zoom. But what do you say? More makele. I think that's the Pashim Shad. You see what's more makele? Tanan Isra Deiraisa. The Gemara itself, though, on Daf Lamad Ches and Shabbos, has that Chakira. It has that discussion. Do we say it should be more makele? Or do we say it should be more machmir? Why should it be more machmir if it's only a durabanan? Gemara says that when it comes to a durabanan, people don't always take it as seriously. And therefore, one could do it on purpose. One might leave the food there from before Shabbos in violation of the Isr Shehiyah. And he'll claim it's Beshogeg. So let's just assume like Rameyer for a moment, that Shogeg is going to be muttered to everybody right away in Shabbos itself. So that's very convenient. I'll always put up my cholent an hour before Shabbos. I don't care about making a blech. I'm not going to use tinfoil. And then if anyone has a question, my answer is, oops, it was Bishogeg. I didn't know that was Aser. So therefore, the Gemara tells us that when it comes to Shehiyah, Chazar, and Hadmana, we're actually more machmir than we are by Bishel de Raisa regarding whether or not you could benefit from that food. Now, it's good to know this whole parsha, this sugya, of whether or not we could benefit from malacha that was done on Shabbos, or in this case even an Isra that was done before Shabbos, this sugya is called Maisa Shabbos, getting enough from malacha. The whole discussion of Maisa Shabbos is a din de Rabbanin. It's a kanas. It's a fine that Chazal imposed to try to make sure that we're keeping the halacha appropriately. But we paskin that when it comes to Shehiyah, that's our discussion, it's going to be Aser Bidiyevin, even Bishogeg. So that means, if I didn't know the halacha, or maybe I did, but I totally forgot, there was no malicious intent whatsoever, but I put the food on the fire, and there was Techilas Bishel before Shkia, but it was not Kemaycha Ben Drusoy, and then that's going to be Mutter, that's going to be Aser rather, even Bidiyevin. So getting back to my scenario, you're sitting around the table Shabbos for lunch and you're about to eat that choland. Are you allowed to eat it or not? So we would all conclude, no, because even though he's a shogeg, but even shogeg's aser. Baruch Hashem, though, for the bir halacha. The bir halacha, we, I think we mentioned this quickly last time. The Bir Alacha Paskins in the beginning of Reish and Gimel, that if you had in mind from before Shabbos that I'm placing this food on the heat source, but I'm not going to be eating it tonight at all, it's not going to be Friday night, we're going to have it Shabbos day, then according to some poskim, that itself has the same hetter as Kedei Rechaisa, your Masiach Das from it. Classically, Kedei Rechaisa is where there's no Tichilas Bishol, and it's not going to be cooked at all tonight, even if I were to stoke the coals, so there's no reason why I would possibly adjust the flame. And here, that's not the case. Maybe it would be done tonight, and, and there was Tehillah's Bishel, but as long as you had in mind to eat it Shabbos day and not Friday night, Bidi Evid, it's not going to be Aser. So that's one major kula, which happens to be the vast majority of questions I've ever received with Shehiyah being a problem Bidi Evid, is always with Cholent. And like we mentioned last time, usually Cholent's reserved for Shabbos day, in which case it would be Mutter Bidi Evid. 
one last point here with um, the Bidyevid discussion. The Chazanish tells us that if the food got to Michael ben Drusoy, even though it wasn't there by Shkia, but if it gets there by Tseis, that also we're not going to say is Asr Bidyevid. So the Chathil, you want to make sure it's edible before Shkia, but as long as it gets edible before Tseis, then it's going to be Mutter Bidyevid as well. Any uh, any questions or, or insights so far in the uh, on this topic? Okay, let's do one last topic then, and we'll we'll call it a day. <clears throat> let's say you're trying to put something in the oven. Until now, we've been talking about a stovetop with a classic blech or in the crock pot. In the oven itself, though, we paskin that there's really no practical way to make a blech. Ramosha writes in a tshuva, if you have a whole, um, you know, insert that's covering the food from all four sides, that could count as a blech, but most of us don't have that. So you have food that started to cook, you have your chicken. I'm going to leave my oven on 300. It's going to stay on during Shabbos. And my chicken has been in the oven now for 45 minutes. Let's even make it 20 minutes. So it's definitely techilas bishulo, and it's not yet kemachel ben drusoy. We'll assume it's not edible yet. So is there any possible way to avoid the isr shihia when it comes to a, an oven, assuming that I have no, uh, I have no insert? So the Gemara speaks about a case that was done in the olden days, of tuach betit. The Gemara gives uh, an etza you could use like plaster to close up the oven door. And then, even if there's nothing between the food and the fire, there's no blech in the classic sense, but the fact that the oven door is tuach betit, that could make it mutter, and there's no concern for shem yechata b'gechalim. Now, what's the Hezbra? Why is that true? So this happens to be an interesting machlokis rishonim, where Rashi says the reason why there's no iser of shem yichata is because the only way to get to the food is by undoing that plaster, taking it off, and that's a whole asik. And by the time you do that, you're going to remember, oh, one second, it's Shabbos, I'm not allowed to stoke the coals. That's the heter of tuach batid according to Rashi. The Rambam says something else, though. The Rambam says the Pshad in the Gemara is that we're not concerned for Chitui Gechalim because nobody would open the door of the oven at all. If you were to open the door of the oven, Wind would come in and the tanner would cool down and the meat would get hard and you would lose it. So Rashi says the heter of using plaster is since you have to maneuver and take it off, you're going to remember before you get to the coals. And the Rambam says the heter is, you would never open the door. Tuach betit means clearly I need it closed. So there's no shem yechata. What's the potential massive nafkamina halacha lamaisa between Rashi and the Rambam? Take the following case. We have modern day ovens. We don't use plaster anymore. We're not sealing off the door. Could I do the following? 
I have my chicken in there for 10 minutes. Techilas bishulo, it's not kamaychel ben drusoy. Would I be allowed to take tin foil, and let's say I have an electric panel, and just cover up the panel with a couple layers of tin foil, to the point where if I wanted to adjust the temperature, I would have to start taking off the tin foil. Or if I have the old-fashioned knobs, if I put tin foil there where the knob would be stuck, I would have to take out tin foil in order to turn the knob to adjust the flame. Would that be an application of the Gemara's case of Tuach Betit or not? So according to the Rambam, we would have no heter whatsoever. Because the whole rationale of the Gemara is you would never open the oven and therefore you're not going to stoke the coals. With our modern ovens, we don't even have to open the oven to adjust the flame. However, according to Rashi, where the whole pshat is, is that if you have to do something that takes long enough, you will catch yourself before turning up the flame, that might be a heter. So do we paskin like the Rambam or do we paskin like Rashi? This is a machlokus, the Machaber Ramah. The Machaber paskins like the Rambam, and the Ramah paskins like Rashi and Reish Nandalid. And therefore, Rav Shmuel Vosner writes in the Tshuva, he says that because the Ramah paskins like Rashi, that heter would be acceptable. There's no other way to do shahia practically inside of an oven if you were to cover up the, uh, the digital board or put enough tin foil around the knobs where you could not adjust them without removing it first. That would be the heter of tuach betit and you could avoid the isra of shahia. Okay. Any uh, questions or insights before we call the night? <clears throat> Great seeing everybody. Okay, Shkoyach, and we will definitely be in touch. Wishing everybody a good Shabbos. Take care. Shabbos. Shabbos. Shabbos.